We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir, uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free stay. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. Brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Bandujo. On today's episode, as voted on by our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, we are going to celebrate the 15-year anniversary of Superbad with my buddy Ben Cruz returning to the show. As always, want to shout out our Patreon group and our big chill producer-level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Treach, James Kowalewski, Chris Mykoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Jason Alba, and Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them and to all our patrons for supporting the show. Picking this movie, arguably, I mean, for me, the best high school movie of all time. A deeply important movie for me. If you go to patreon.com slash big screen sports, you can support this show. You can vote on movies for the show to cover, just like Superbad. We got a poll up now for September movie. Might be another poll for another September movie. Uh, but patrons do get their say in what we're talking about on this show. You get schedule updates. You get ad-free episodes. We just sent out some merch. Some of you should be getting some stuff in the mail here real soon. And like I said, you get to support the show. Keep this thing going. So a uh, big shout-out to our Patreon group. Um, if you want to support the show for free, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or rate on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you do get your podcasts. That stuff is great. So uh, getting into today's episode, super bad, you know, all-time high school movie, no matter who you are. Uh, for me, you know, it's the top, but I think everyone can appreciate what super bad is. Great to have Ben Cruz back on the show. We've talked the rundown. We've talked crazy, stupid love. Ben is one of my favorite guys to chop this up with. So let's dive right in. All right. Returning to the show, first time in a long time, first time since since he got this new gig from the ringer. It is my buddy Ben Cruz. Ben, how you doing, man? Kyle, how's it going? Um, I prepared for this pod to talk about this movie. I guess the only way that I knew how, uh, given the movie, uh, I asked for a ride from a potential pedophile to a very sketchy party, uh, and then I poured about a liter or so of beer into what may or may not have been empty containers of detergent, and then I proceeded to ju- chug that liter of beer to the face. So I'm ready to go. And I robbed a liquor store, so we're right there just 
just doing doing the damn thing. Uh, before we get into it, tell the folks where they can follow you, where they can check out what you're doing, which right now is is dad stuff because you're on maternity leave. Yeah, I'm on paternity leave right now, so you can follow my adventures on what I'm doing. Just uh, talking to my four month old son uh, on Twitter at Cruise Control. It's Control with a K. Uh, I'm still gonna plug the work spot, uh, even though I'm I'm on leave. But check out everything we're doing on the uh, the Ringer Ringer NBA show, Ringer Wrestling show, all that jazz. But uh, you know, other than that, if you want, again, some some dad tweets. Uh, I got I've, I've I've got those loaded and ready to go for the next couple weeks here. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, tonight we're talking about. I guess like the the opposite of a dad movie. Like this <laughs> this movie has has really no yes. dad vibes. Uh, shout out to the Big Screen Sports Patreon group who voted on this one, selected it. The 15 year anniversary. This came out 15 years ago. Huge. We are talking about super bad. The 2007 high school comedy, and you could argue soccer movie. Uh, great, great, <laughs> great yeah. soccer scene. Uh, Two codependent. By the way, this is this is a bad IMDb write up. Two codependent high school seniors are forced to deal with separation anxiety after their plan Whoa. to stage a booze soaked party goes awry. They weren't staging the party. Who, who they were? That? They were not. They were not hosting the party. It was Jules. They were not. Uh, that we. I demand that to be rewritten immediately. That that paints yeah. Seth and Evan in such a shitty light. Uh, I, know. I, I don't like it. It's bad. Uh, Star Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, Christopher Mintz, Plossy, directed by Greg Matola, written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, produced by Judd Apatow, who at that time is just in the middle of the most incredible directing producing run in, in he's comedy on a, history. He's on a heater at this time. Like, it, this is when this is when Judd was just going to be a staple in my life forever. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. insanity. In in like a I think in like a six year period. It's Anchorman. It's Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's a forty-year-old virgin. It's super bad. It's Pineapple Express. It's Funny People. It's it's just heaters on heaters on heaters. But I ask you, is this the best high school movie ever made? Oh, it it's tough because no, you know what? I'm just gonna go into it. It is. It it really encompasses. I think what we all felt our senior year of high school, I and mean, obviously we all had different experiences, but at the at the core of it, right, it's just I'm ready to get the fuck out of here, and am I going to see these people again, like my current group of friends or these current people that I associate with, and you know, no matter where you were, how you stacked up in high school, that's what this movie was about. So, and it it it, it delivered it in such a in such a different way, right? Like it, it had its you know, it's stereotypical coming of age high school story stuff, but it also just had, you know, at, at the other core of it, this dude's just trying to get one of these, both these dudes are trying to get laid, right? Yeah. Uh, and and they're kind of trying to use a fake ID to get there. So th- there's a little different spin there. And they're talking like high school students talk. And it's, yes, it's built around that, like, uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg started writing the script when they were 13. They worked on it through high school and they were, I mean, they yep. were young dudes when this movie came out. Rogen was 25, I think when this movie came out and it feels, and I don't know if this is a chicken or the egg thing. Like do, does this feel like how people talked in high school because this movie came out and people started emulating it or does like, it feels like a, this is like, it's how, awkward high school guys talked it's it's things they did it feels so authentic and so realistic like yes there's any things no no high school student would ever get a fake id with one name (laughs) that says mclovin like it just but like 
right. a lot of the stuff was was based on on truth and things that happened to them and authenticity and it's like going into the things that are real about high school how nerve-wracking it is to sit alone at lunch like how much you don't want to be that guy how much uh, people would remember if you had pissed your pants in second grade, like <laughs> the authentic reality of that, like the way you're going to talk about girls, like though in private, it's crass. It could be kind of gross when you're 17 and you know, literally nothing about sex. Like it's felt so realistic. Like we have different kinds of high school movies. There's just like the, the raunchy comedies and like the things that that's super bad kind of descended from like a fast times at Ridgemont high or something like that. And then we have the run of like the, I call it like the Freddie Prince jr. Era high school movies. Like your yeah. kind of rom coms, but you know, you can't hardly wait. And, uh, she's all that. She's all and that stuff yeah. like that. And then, but it culminates into this, into making this incredible comedy. Like it is so, so funny and so quotable and so ingrained in the culture. But at the same time, like, a deeply sweet movie because there is that thing at the end of senior year where that voice in the back of your head for a lot of these people, like, are these, you know, am I going to stay in touch with these people? Are these people going to matter in 10 years? Plot twist. Not a lot of them will, uh, right. like, like spoiler alert. Um, but that, that whole thing, like it's while there is the, I want to get the fuck out of here. There is that deep insecurity of what is life going to be like when I move out of mom and dad's house and I leave a lot of my friends and this movie plays into that so well. And it's truly a perfect strokes high school movie. Yeah. And I mean, piggybacking off of that, kind of looking at the friendship of Seth and Evan, right. It it feels so authentic uh, just from the jump, right. They they just jump into that conversation. We'll, We'll kind of talk about that later, but from there they establish like, Oh, these dudes have been friends forever and their life is about to change. And it's not, you know, the night that they're about to have isn't life changing. It, it's it's part of, you know, their journey as friends, but it's all coming to an end. And, you know, you could tell, you could feel that both of them were very uncertain about it, especially because they weren't going to college together, right? And, and, you know, I remember kind of the end of senior year, kind of feeling the same thing, right, with all of your best friends and, and, and people you ate lunch with every day. Um, I, you know, I've been lucky in my life to still be really, really tight with a lot of my, my high school friends. But like, I know that's just not the norm for a lot of people. So that's why I think this movie, I think it hit me in a different way than it probably hit um, some other people. Cause like to your point, right? Not a lot of people stay that close in contact with people that they talk to in high school. But for those of us who, who kind of didn't, we're lucky enough to do that uh, and kind of grow with each other. Like this, this kind of shows you this. It just reminds you of that time where it was like, it was uncertain. And you know, it was, it was, it's, it's a great reminder of that. Yeah. And it's a great, it also touches on, like I saw this when I was 16 years old and so I'm right kind of in that thing. It touches on how hard it is to, to drink or to have a good time when you're in, like how different that is versus when you're in college, like there are no rules. It's easy right. to get alcohol. You're all alone. Like privacy is easy to find in college versus in, in high school. It is you don't know where your night's going to end. Like a lot of the times it's like, Oh, these people's parents are out of town. We got to find a way to get over. We got to find, you know, finding, finding booze when you're in high school sometimes was very difficult. Good luck. Very difficult. Did, did you know anyone with a fake ID in high school? In high school? No, the, the rednecks could always get booze, like being from <laughs> being from Texas. Like the, the rednecks always had beer. It's just, it's in dad's fridge. Dad doesn't care. 
Um, yeah, yeah. There was a there was a beer barn that was pretty good about selling to minors. Like not me because I look twelve, but like sure. there there was a beer barn around town that had a reputation. But it, I mean, it was it was tough. Like I I think back on it, it was really when um, when when people like my friends who were a grade older when they came back from college for like winter break, my, it was right. my senior high school. When those folks came back, it suddenly become, became much easier to get booze. Like you go to college. It's one of the first things you learn as an underage person. It's like how to acquire alcohol, how to acquire it quickly. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a necessary life skill at that point, right? Have to. What, what, have what to else have are you going to do? Or you got to find a plug, a hookup somewhere. And then you bring that back to your hometown and you share, <laughs> you spread yeah. the love. Exactly, because you when you come home for that first Christmas break, you're like, I'm not stopping. How I've been living like a piece of shit for four months. Like I'm gonna keep right. this. Up. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like. I'm not taking it easy. Like yeah, I got. I got to hit spring semester you, hard. Right. You've got a new haircut. You probably might have an oh. ear piercing, uh, and you just want to show off <laughs> that. Yeah. To your point, you've been living like a piece of shit, just drinking every day before after class. It, it's it's good times. It's a good. Exactly. It's a good go back. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I don't think there's any dispute here. This is a Hall of Fame movie. I don't even think we need to ask the question. Not not even a debate. You know what no. I mean? It, it, I think it's, to me still, it's it's one of the best R-rated coming-of-age comedy movies ever. Uh, like there's no, there's no weak points in this film. There's like some stuff I nitpicked as I was watching it just because we were gonna, I knew we were doing this show. But it, th- there were just things personally I don't, it didn't enjoy as much. But top to bottom, like mm-hmm. it, it hits, you know what I mean? And if you, like, you and I kind of talked about this when we first said we were going to do this pod. If you catch it on cable, okay, it's it, okay. It's one of the worst cable movies of all time. It's uh, so stolen. You miss, you miss so much. Yeah, it's it's not great. But if it, there was a period where it was on Netflix. And, you know, I have, my, my comfort to go, my to go comfort show is Seinfeld, right? If I just need to fall asleep, I'll throw it on Netflix. Doesn't matter what episode, I'll fall asleep. Super bad was that when it was on Netflix for a while, and I think they just removed it like two months ago. Uh, but was bummed about it, but it, it it definitely just had that feel, right? Where you just like you were hanging out with your friends. Yeah, and it's still, and I I don't know. I'd be curious, like what high schoolers now think of Super Bad. But to to me, one, it takes you back to to that time in your life, especially because I saw it around that time in my life. But it's still the the themes still hold really true. Um, I, it, one, it's still really funny. Like there are some stuff, especially like comedies from that era, like nothing's going to age super cleanly, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't age as terribly as you might think on, on the surface. Like there's definitely some stuff where you're like, okay, they, that, that would be, that'd be different in, in 2022, but it's not like not nearly as much as, as other movies from that era, but it's, it's the themes still come through and the, the way they converse with each other. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to keep hitting that point home, the, the entire time we do this show, it is that all the interactions and all the, the character dynamics and the, the way they communicate just doesn't. And, and this, I think this comes across when a movie is improv this much, like they had this great script, but if you go and if you look at the, the trivia or the, the great piece in the ringer that I'm going to reference about super bad, that uh, it was a lot of riffing, a lot of improv and stuff like that. It does just feel like real conversation that teenagers are having. And that still comes through 15 years later. Yeah. And I mean, to your point about like the, the, the cancelable stuff or the stuff that didn't age well, I mean, that's going to come with any comedy. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've come to accept that uh, as, as these comedies have aged. Um, but 
you know, there's there's only a handful of stuff that in terms of, you know, the word usage that in 2022 they they wouldn't get away with. Uh, There are a couple of things that Seth says to Jules's face that I, I don't think any guy would get away with in in high school even then uh or or now you know what i mean so probably to some of these high school kids watching it now there's just those lines that he says to her face where he's like he's kind of kidding but he's also kind of not uh where they probably be like how's this dude not canceled immediately Uh, he's kind of a kind of a creep weirdo we're gonna get into that because there's uh that that's that's a big part of this movie that <laughs> yeah. needs to be discussed. But getting into the IMDb trivia, just the tri- trivia in general, I kind of kind of mentioned there's a great ringer piece from I think 2017. I think the the 10 year anniversary. Uh, so I didn't didn't write down the authorship. But it's a great ringer piece. You search super bad ringer, you see it. Um, kind of it kind of just goes into how this got made. Uh, the kind of the lore behind super bad and and talking about just what made it feel so authentic and that them, you know, Rogan and Goldberg writing it based on their experiences in high school, the broad themes, trying to get booze, um, you know, all that, all that stuff, like even going the, the story of going to a party and and stumbling upon a room with a bunch of people doing Coke as a teenager. Like that's something, something that happened. (laughs) They named, they named characters after their friends, like Steven Glansberg and Sam Fogel. Uh, so like, uh, Steven Glansberg is a lawyer. I think he's like a tax lawyer or something. They reference in the piece, and like that guy he's, gets asked all the time if he's eating lunch by himself. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's that's something that has endured so much. Like glands, like glansberging, a in yeah, yeah, a, a thing. It, glansberging is a verb now. Um, from the IMDb trivia, the penis drawings featured in the film are done by David Goldberg, Evan Goldberg's brother. There were close to one thousand produced, but only a handful were featured in the movie. And the closing credits. Do you have a favorite penis drawing from this movie? Um, I, I have my thoughts on this whole thing later, but I think my favorite one was in the history book. It was uh, was it George Washington? He just drew like it was the bottom <laughs> of half of him was kind of faded out or cut out, and he he managed to draw in a penis. Uh, that one that one was very good. Uh, I like the one it's the it's the standing penis on like a curb holding a gun like facing off against tanks. Yeah. Very <laughs> very creative dick drawing. Yeah, it was I have I have some thoughts on it uh later that I would love to get into and love your thoughts on, but the drawings themselves were very impressive. Uh that was I just don't know how you <laughs> like that that was your job on this movie. Was to draw a it's, bunch of dicks. It's great. Whatever works, man. This is going to be immortalized <laughs> in film forever. Um, yeah. Let's get into a new. Let's open with a new category. Okay, uh, s- something that we we talked about it last week or two weeks ago on uh, on the pod we did for Speed. We kind of we kind of ushered into it as far as who had which character had the best time, which character had the worst time. So I wanted to kind of make that a thing. Over the course of this movie, which character do you think has has the best time? Oh, I think it's Fogel, without question. I think like, it's, let's just, it's absolutely Fogel. Let's just run down. What happens to this man, this kid, I should say, in this movie, right? Loses his virginity <laughs> off yeah. top, off rip. One, right? Once it's in, you're done, man. Yeah. Like that's, that counts. And, and he told us who was in. Um, <laughs> he's a certified badass now amongst his classmates and his peers, right? He, he got taken off by the cops. He was arrested for uh, what is unclear. So he was, in their eyes, he was unjustifiably arrested. When you know, no that's going to get talked about at every reunion 
every single 10, one. 20, as long as they have them. Yeah. So, and there's still two weeks left in school. So I guarantee you those two weeks, he was living like a king, like oh, a yeah. freaking king. And likely made two lifelong friends with uh with bill Hader and, and seth rogan the cops i mean that now he in that town he's got cachet right he gets pulled over for a ticket or you know runs you know stops a little bit over the line uh, at, at a stop sign he's just gonna name drop uh name drop these two officers uh and and he's good and so he absolutely had the best time and, and like look he gets punched in the face right big deal it all cut it all ends up fine and better than fine right he, he gets the video of it too yes and and he just had a a lifetime's worth of life experiences in the span of a couple of hours incredible best night easily for fogel literally everything's coming up fogel in this movie just the, yeah. the bet like he'll be telling his grandkids about that night yeah and he and he got a fake id he got it well okay so here's the question does he ever try to use that fake ID again? He's got mm. he's got three years and change until he's until he's twenty one. Does he realize? I, I think Fogel is smart enough to, especially when he gets to Dartmouth, and because like didn't talk Fogel and Evan Ivy Leaguers like they're going to they're, they're going to Dartmouth. geniuses yeah, and I think. I think he holsters it. I'm not sure he ever uses it. I think he realizes like. I got lucky. Best case scenario with this, uh, I, I'm not using it again. Definitely some beginner's luck there that it didn't end up worse because it really could have ended pretty bad. I do think he tries it one time at Dartmouth. There's like a party, you know what I mean? He's him and Evan are are making friends with all his floor mates. They, they want to throw a rager. Hey, the, the conversation starts. Do you have a fake? Do you have a fake? Fogel's pulling it out. He's he's riding high. Off of a off of two weeks before graduation, right? Yeah, <laughs> he lost his virginity, yeah. got arrested. He's 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 telling those stories the first two weeks of freshman year at Dartmouth. I wonder who has it in in real in real life. This is a category. Oh, that's a great one. One, of, one of my favorite categories on the rewatchables of what you know what piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie? Like, I wonder who has it. Who has the the prop they use for the movie? It's iconic, I hope it's, man. Yeah, I hope it's Christopher Mintz Plassey. Um, a lot so. of candidates for worst time. In this Ooh. movie, I think, I think yeah. a lot of people had a bad time. So, a couple just nominees. Okay. Becca wakes up with "Did I kill someone last night?" anxiety. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, she she's in a tough spot. Uh, yeah. Seth has a bad time. Ball yeah. is stressed the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, almost gets his ass kicked at a party. Um, it, it's a it's a tough tough night for for Seth. Uh, the guy who hits him with his car. Tough, tough night for him. Who who actually gets his ass kicked by Kevin Corrigan? Yeah, the pedo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rough, rough, rough night for pedos in general, but yeah, that night that. especially for him. Yeah. Um, my mind, I I thought it wasn't close either. The great nominees though, I thought it was Seth by like a landslide. Seth so had a bad night. S- similar to what we did with Fogel. Let's just run through Seth's evening. Okay, it starts off great. It starts off the opposite of Fogel actually. Starts off great, right? Ends up with, these are his stats, hit by two cars, not great. <laughs> not, not great. Uh, also hit by a flying wooden bat uh, by, by that dad. Uh, who, after that he is, that the was actually Seth Rogen's dad. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> great, great, great cameo. Uh, he, he was bled on in the, uh, before heading to the actual party he was going to. Not great. 
Stan's uh, not you, coming out. Yeah, no. You you alluded to this. The weight and the pressure on his shoulders of hooking up with Jules. Once he once he gets invited to this party, he hangs on to this hope. Like you would not believe. Like I, I've never rewatching it. I was like, I've never seen another dude want to hook up with a girl this bad ever in real life. It's as in it's as film. desperate and dire straits as one could imagine. Right. He's he's putting everything on these hope on the hopes of hooking up with her. Spoiler alert. And ended up not mattering. So did he go through it for nothing? Eh, sort of. Uh, and then he drank. Oh, no, sorry, before that, he he had to keep in the secret that he knew about Seth and Fogel rooming together. You know what that probably did to him the, Whenever he from whenever he discovered it to that moment when he revealed it? It must have just been eating him inside. Oh, like, my e- best friend is up. lying to me. Don't forget, the entire night, you know what else is hanging over his head? His car got towed. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to have to tell his parents that his car got towed. Yeah. Also, for worst night, Seth's parents didn't really check on him the whole night. I don't I don't recall seeing one phone call, one text message of where are you? Are you sleeping at Evan's house? Seth's where's, parents might have, might have actually just had a great night though. They might oh, have yeah, just been oh, he's staying at he's staying at Evan's house. Like he's good. Yeah. No, they were they were raging. Um and then also Seth drank what was likely, again, a liter of detergent beer. Uh, I look not 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 a great look look in high school we, we all tried to drink in high school but like i don't i don't know beer came later in my life in terms of oh i enjoy the taste of it right? same couldn't couldn't do it until like midway through my freshman year right like i think you know developmentally we had to develop that <laughs> taste for it uh but seth was just taking it to the fa- like i understand you know taking a couple shots because again you're, you're just trying to get when you're in high school, you're senior, you're just trying to get hammered in the smallest amount of time because who knows when the jig is up. This this man drank an entire liter of detergent beer that was probably shared, passed around the party. Uh, not very COVID safe. Uh, I can only imagine the bottom of this of this detergent beer container is just filled with saliva. So it, again, he must have woke up with so much shame and anger. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget he the the girl of his dreams he he blacked her eye by passing oh, out headbutted her headbutter head also potentially concussed i don't yeah. i don't recall his hands breaking his fall to the uh the ground there so i don't man he's he went through it he had a shitty night if you really shitty it. night it's it's gonna yeah. be one of those nights that like they'll talk about for a long time incredible night between them and I think Seth will will be the kind of guy who touches on like the high points of that night. Like, oh, we got so drunk, and oh, you know how crazy was that party we broke into and and got the detergent beer from, and will like ignore that sinking feeling in his stomach. Like he'll get anxious thinking about that night to himself for the next thirty years. Like he'll think about all the times where it really could have broken bad. Like when they're on the pavement with a cop pointing a gun at him. Yeah. It's again, I, I forgot about that <laughs> in my list of things. That's not that didn't even crack the, my top four or top five. Man, it the fact that I will say this though, he's a resilient dude because oh, yeah. if one of these things happens to me, I'm going home. I'm <laughs> right? If, if I'm, I'm hit by one car where I'm like, Evan, the night is over, I was just hit by a vehicle. We're going home. If you want to come with, 
bet. You know what I mean? Oh, he, if I think Fogel got arrested, if I think Fogel got arrested, I'm getting yeah. out of here. Like I'm counting my lucky stars. It wasn't me. And then yeah. like, I, you know, you're having to, to swallow it and text the, text the girls and be like, Hey, Jules, sorry. Like Fogel got arrested. You should, you'll understand. Like we had a, had a guy, had a guy go down for you. So, uh, totally yeah. that, that might have uh, given him more weight to his pursuit of jewels as opposed to, again, she doesn't drink, but I think she would appreciate the journey of trying to help you get everyone else drinks. I don't know. Seth was, uh, he was really in his own head. You hate he to see it. Me- mental case, mental case. Uh, let's <laughs> yeah. take a quick ad break and get back with All what right. worked. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So we're back. What worked about this one? Why is this Why is this a perfect high school movie? What, what have we not talked about yet? So I, I think really when I think about it, and, and I just think about how enjoyable it is, because that, that's, that's really what I come down to every time I get to the end of this movie, right? Like it, it, it's just the, the fact that it's so enjoyable and it, it, it really, maybe I'm just getting sensitive in my old age uh, after the second kid, but it's like the overall journey of Seth and Evan's friendship is just, I, I love watching it, right? They, they go through, you know, kind of that typical high school shit of talking about what they want to talk about when they're alone, you know, like, like, like the porn site conversation. I'm not saying I'm going to look at it. I'm just saying that it comes with the site, okay? I don't know what I'm going to be into 10 years from now. I'm just sick of all the amateur stuff, you know? I mean, like, if I'm paying top dollar, I want a little production value, you know? Like some editing, transition, something, some music. Yeah, you know, well, I'm sorry, Evan, that the Coen brothers don't direct the porn that I watch. They're hard to get a hold of, okay? Plus, your parents are going to be looking at the bill, dipshit. Yeah, you're right. I probably should pick the one with the least dirty-sounding name. Ah. What about like perfect 10? Something like that, you know? Like perfect 10? Because that could be any number of things, you know? They can't really get you for that. That could be like a bowling website. Like perfect 10, like a bowling yeah. site. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, then they have to, you know, they have to reel it in and be cool and they're at school and then they have a mini falling out only for them to kind of end up right, you know, where they belong, which is at, at a sleepover in Evan's basement waking up to, you know, a near empty plate of pizza bagels, like that, that's a story. It's, I, like, you know, st- I have it's a- like looking in the mirror too. Yeah. It's like how many yeah, times, yeah. how many times did that happen? Like you're, you end up at a, at a buddy's place after like a long night, you get home at like three o'clock in the morning 
you've raided their parents' fridge and you wake up in the morning like, wow, okay, well, I guess I'll go home back to my parents' house. Right. It, so it, that that re- the ending of that just really hit for me. Uh, and, and, and that's what the movie in general, again, I'm just, you know, it's all fun. It's all fun and games sort of, <laughs> and, and some, you know, terrifying shit that happens, but like their friendship is re- what really I think keeps you going. Um, cause I, there, there are some moments that maybe on like the, what is this? Like the 9,003 watch <laughs> for me where I'm like, I was kind of getting pulled out, but you're like, ah, I gotta see like how they like bring it back together. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's, it's their friendship that really sticks it for me. What about you? Yeah, it's it's the fact that they put together this movie that's just full of dick jokes and a, a scene where a guy gets period blood on his leg, and they also <laughs> tie it into it, it's it's truly deep and it's really sweet. It's like this this sweet friendship between two guys who feel like best friends, and that's yeah, it's really special. Like a lot of movies, you gotta you gotta pick one. You gotta either be really sweet. Or you got to be really funny and crass, and this this like toes that line perfectly. I think it's it's something that like Forty Year Old Version does really well too. Yes, where it's like a really good character movie. Like it's got legitimate moments of emotional authenticity, and I this like for a high school movie does this so well. Um, something else like we kind of hinted on this, but it endured so much in the culture, and it still does with like things guys say now things from this movie like i i made a list like what of these is the i i was kind of looking at like things i've definitely said in the past year or two uh referencing steven glansberg anytime you sit alone you're steven glansberg like that's yeah yeah that's that's now <laughs> the the official term for sitting alone anywhere uh you everyone's heard someone say i'm getting that for show like we, we <laughs> yeah. all know, we all know what that's from. Uh, no one's gotten a hand job in cargo shorts since Nam. like that's Nam. since, since Nam became a thing, like saying, et cetera, et cetera, since Nam. And then also just the, no one's gotten a hand job in cargo shorts. since Nam using it in full. It single-handedly diverted me from wearing cargo shorts at that time. Cause I was heavy in cargo shorts. Yeah. Uh, I, I legitimately think that this <laughs> did damage to the cargo shorts industry. <laughs> irreparable damage <laughs> no bouncing back uh the uh dialogue transfer of uh enjoy your remaining years enjoy fucking jewels like <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's been something that's endured um how many times i asked I asked one of my buddies this today how many times in the past 15 years have you said the phrase can i get 13 beers to go please <laughs> Ro- i I've, i haven't said that i said i've said road beers a lot um that's and it i don't know it doesn't really age that well because you're like oh you're drinking you're driving but like it's still fun i just say it because of the movie you know what i mean uh but it's it's funny (laughs) the 13 road beers was an elite an elite number to say uh, oh yeah and and the uh anytime someone talks about a bar references like a bar or whatever someone always goes it was this bar (laughs) where do you think I met her? Bar. <laughs> it was this bar. What's this bar? You don't want to be a chick in a bar, man. Seriously. That was a major turning point in my life is when I realized that you got to go to other places. You got to go to a spin class, a farmer's market, pumpkin patch, given the time of year. Just somewhere social, non-threatening, you know, something like that. Yeah, I met the missus at paintball. Yeah, shot her in the neck, and we just... I just hit it off, you know. My first wife, who is a whore, mm-hmm. by the way, 
Where do you think I met her? A bar. A bar. Was this bar? Was this bar? Uh, you know that it's just it's so much. Oh, and I I had a uh, I had a roommate in college who was a uh, big time puke and rally guy. Like that was that you you knew oh, you had a party. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he's going to take a moment for himself, you know, midway through the party, go over to a fence, uh, maybe a bathroom if he can find one, puke, expunge, generate yeah, himself. Yeah. yeah. And if he's, if he's, if he was doing that, it would always be the same thing, you know, mid puke of saying, it's just beer. It's just beer. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> yeah. The, the puke and rally move is, I've done it once at my going away party at Bleacher Report. And it was the only time, I, I think. It was the one time I felt that kind of adrenaline. I feel like there's some adrenaline that you need to have. Because usually, puking means it's the end. It's the end of the night, yeah. and it's time for you to call it call it quits. Uh, yeah. The rallying part is a struggle. Uh, and it, 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 it requires a special digging down deep within you. Uh, so, I certainly don't have it in me anymore. In college, there no, were times yeah. when, especially like, a fullness like if you've been drinking a lot of beer it's like i i yeah. gotta make gotta make some room i'm feeling feeling not great i just i'm gonna go find a discreet area around the house and pull trig and and let's yeah. see if we can make something out of this yeah yeah so uh you know pull certainly <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's stuff like that it's the it's the terms that have ingrained themselves in the culture like people, people say, you know, anytime someone's like, he's a freak, he's the fastest kid alive. <laughs> he's fastest <laughs> kid alive. Uh, that bled over to when Michael Sarah was in Juno too. That's like I, I think of those characters like a multi, like multiversal, versally, right? <laughs> like that they're related, uh, just because of that one line. He's the fastest oh, yeah. kid alive. He's he's the same guy. He's literally less horny in Juno, and that and that's really it. Like he's less crass. Is he less? He's, he's kind of. I mean, he's kind of horny. He does. You know, <laughs> he does not. He got her pregnant. Juno. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, McLovin, we haven't t- like what were just the concept of McLovin, wow. like one of the most. I mean, Christopher Mintz-Plass has actually had a better career than like you might have thought. Um, he's really funny in um, in Grown Ups or not not Grown Ups. Uh, what's the? Um, this is the end. Uh, no, yeah, well, he's funny in that. But what's the uh, Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott? Oh, uh, role, models. Uh, role, role models. models. He's great in that. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's like done stuff and he, he's popped up. Like, obviously this is the peak for him, but right away he was just like pegged as McLovin and McLovin is still a thing. You say McLovin to anyone over the age of hopefully like 20 and you know, you, everyone knows what McLovin is. Right. Is he an Irish, Irish R&B? <laughs> what are you seal? <laughs> what are you seal? Oh, it's a, it, when after I remember leaving that movie when I saw it in theaters and like I enjoyed the McLovin character. I still do to this day and you know, on every rewatch. But nowhere was I like in my head like, oh, that culturally is going to take over and just be something that is in my life for the foreseeable future. And again, like you saw McLovin t shirts at Hot Topic. Oh, for I was about years. to say just there <laughs> right? probably you could probably still if you can find a Spencer's, there's a McLovin t shirt there. Yeah. And and it'll it'll be kind of on its last shirt because people resonate with that character and that movie. So, or this movie so much. So McLovin just, you know, I mean, we talked about who had the best night. Obviously it was Fogel. It was McLovin, but he might've had the best overall impact on the culture. Like let's, Agreed. Let's, the, the kind of big picture. And them landing, like the casting choice is just perfect. Like you can't imagine this movie without that guy. 
Like he just, I mean the whole, the whole movie and the fact that like they, it it was in the, it was in the ringer piece and it was in, you know, they, they decided that Jonah Hill, they were having trouble casting Seth and they decided on the set of knocked out. They were like, you know what, Jonah, you should do it. Go, you know, go read for it. And, and that whole thing, like all the casting works flawlessly, but the fact like there are comedies that are funny and then the casting, you know, kind of fizzles, especially like high school movies. Cause you just, when people are in their late teens, early twenties, you just really never know. They're not established like that. And like, yeah, Jonah Hill had, a you know, Michael Sarah had been on Arrested Development. Jonah Hill, had, he was already in the Apatow universe and, and that whole thing. But like you land Emma Stone for her first feature film. You, you land a future Oscar winner. Jonah's been nominated for an Oscar um, you know, Michael Sarah has had a, has a pretty good career. Uh, obviously Bill like, Hader, Hader and Rogan are just, I mean, so good. Al- it's unbelievable. The casting director for this movie was Allison Jones, who also, she casted like freaks and geeks and the office. Just again, you want to talk about knocking it out of the park on a lot. Of, I mean, obviously freaks and geeks had a, a little bit of a shorter run. Let's, let's focus in on the office, right? Like she crushed everyone that they ended up casting. So it's, it's, you know, she has a track record of doing that. And I mean, this, you know, we'll we'll kind of talk about the potential. Should we have recast anyone? But she absolutely earned every single dollar of her job uh, during this movie. Oh, yeah, because everyone needs to feel like and that's the thing with movies like this, especially high school movies, like has to feel like they're actually friends. Not only the the Seth and Evan relationship is so essential, like it has to feel like those guys kids have been friends with each other since like third grade had in yep. it. And it, and that comes through Fogle has to be the guy who they associate with, but he's not, he's not like the best friend. And it feels like that. Like they've got the, the familiarity and he tags along a lot, but there's not that best friend hater in Rogan playing off each other is a masterclass. Just an Incredible. absolute, just two, two comedic geniuses like B- Bill hater. I, I could have, I could have done for like a three hour movie and it's just more of them. Like we'll, we'll get into this with sequel, prequel remake, but <laughs> so, something like the Michael Slater spinoff. Yeah. Oh, Michael I mean, Slater's spinoff. So, so good. Like every, every pairing in this movie is, is essential. And it, uh, have you, have you seen the blooper reel uh, of this oh, movie? It, that's so a, good. That's a, yeah. That's another thing from this movie. Like it's so I, good. The amount of B roll they must've had that is just like, it's one of the movie sets that I wish I could have just hung out on and, w- and watched them do stuff. Right. Like they were, especially <laughs> the scene where they're first, they first get on to into the liquor store and they're investigating and they're just asking questions. Um, oh my God. Lost my mind during that like, on this, on this reaction. But the bloopers of that are, are absolutely incredible. Like where they lose it where they're just, they're just riffing. Yeah. When you get people who are skilled at improv comedy and, and put them all in a movie together, like but this, the knocked up anchorman, like all that stuff, just perfect. Perfect. Like you take all that, you take this, this stacked cast, you take this, this really authentic feel and you give it the, the simplest plot. Like this plot, this movie, Jules is having a party. These guys need to get some alcohol for it. And they, they yeah. want to get laid. Like it's an incredibly simple movie. And yeah, Every every surrounding aspect is is nearly perfect, and it it hits still hits fifteen years later, still hits. Oh, I'm I'm glad you invited me on. Like the rewatch was so fun. It was so funny. I did have my I did have my four month old son like on my lap during various parts of it, where I was like, "Thank God you can't understand words yet." 
<laughs> that's kind of the nice thing wild. about when when kids are little like that is that you have the excuse of like I just I gotta sit around like I gotta you know I gotta yeah. sit on the couch I gotta keep them still but like they also they can't pick up what you're putting in like my son was born a month after Grand Theft Auto Five came out and so I'm still like playing <laughs> yeah. you know playing a lot of that but like you know he's sitting right there he's in his little you know he's in his little pillow he's not moving like. I, you know, I can't go anywhere. I, I just got to stay here and play video games. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most violent video games, uh, in the history of the, uh, the world, but no, it's a, I mean, it's, it's good. It's good times. Uh, going back to dad, we got to pivot away from dad talk real quick before we get too, <laughs> dad, too empathetic. Yeah. Dad pivot. Let's, let's go into the strikeout, the worst okay. or most head scratching aspect of this movie. Okay. I, I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about Jules she is wait no not emma Emma stone in this movie is throwing 106 she's painting the black like she's incredible she jules is way too cool to be into seth way too they they make the reference of she got way hot over the summer and hadn't realized it yet which is why she still you know why she still talks to seth which like that's that's a thing jules is so cool seth is so obnoxious and so awkward and has very few redeeming conversations in front of Jules. They they vibe while they're making the tiramisu, but like you said, the stuff he's saying at the party, like the fact that she's just like letting bygones be bygones at the mall the next day, like she just, man, like Jules is, I mean, Jules is a 10, and Seth is, Seth is not. It was weird, and so I thought one of the most unrealistic moments of the movie is Jules-related. In that, did you see how happy she was when Seth finally arrives that late to the party, right? Like, it looks like it's been going on for a few hours at this point. And again, this dude's been in charge of the entire party for alcohol. Like, that was his one job. That's what he promised them. There's presumably just a shit ton of sober people just just, just waiting for this booze. Except for is, Becca. Yeah, except for Becca. Becca waited for no, for no one. Uh, but she should be pissed that... That Seth is this late, right? Like you couldn't she call gave him a hundred like, bucks, a hundred bucks. And look, he shows up with one thing of detergent and you know a, a small bag of alcohol. How is that enough for that amount of people? I I was just curious. But again, her her reaction to him and her being that happy, unrealistic. Like if you were that late and you didn't call, oh she'd be pissed. Like she yeah. wouldn't give she wouldn't talk to you. She wouldn't give you the time of day and. This again, you said some of the stuff that he was saying that night. Some of the stuff he was saying to her at school, not sure I would have trusted this dude to begin with, right? Like the, the, funny uh, thing, the funny thing the about funny my back. It's <laughs> located on my cock. Like right there is like I I'm gonna find someone else to get the booze for the party. Right. Yeah, and he immediately tries to brush it off, but like you that's not a brushable off comment. You know what I mean? That's gonna that's gonna stay. That that's a staying comment. So there's, I'm with you. There's just no way she's into Seth in that way, and even like that, enamored by him, because he's so right. he's so awkward. He's saying the borderline problematic stuff, and like even if Jules had not noticed that she had become Emma Stone, and is you know th- this was a revelation, by the way. Like I think between this and Zombieland, like Emma Emma Stone shot into the power rankings. Like asserted yeah. asserted herself, and and then we get crazy stupid love, which you and I talked about. But like, oh, just another another great performance. Uh, but like asserting herself as, I mean, Emma Stone is gorgeous, but like the cool girl, like just cool as shit, like a ride or die. 
And in this movie, like every guy at that high school would have been like, Hey Jules, what's going on? Like, I, I, I would, I would like to, I would like to get to know you. Right. The fact that Evan or sorry, that Seth had no competition was also just a, a little bit of a red flag. I would have liked Jules was, was just hanging out by herself at the party. Like, what? right. She's like shielding herself with her friends waiting for Seth to arrive. Uh, it's it, it, it got because they had a moment during home ec. I don't know, man. It was uh, it was very sketchy. And again, if the, if there was a smidge of competition, I might have I might have bought it a little bit more because may, maybe this other guy's a douche, right? Or he's just a jackass, and that's you kind of see, oh, Seth's a sweetheart or whatever. But we're just supposed to buy that he's he's that charming when he was like. Also, how did she not see him pretending to dry hump her in that class? Like he was oh. real, real close to her, really invading her personal space. Like he was kind of breathing heavy when he was doing the fake thrusting. Horrible uh, Madden <laughs> awareness rating on Jules. Terrible. She had no pocket she was presence. So so clueless. Uh, love Jules. Like you said, she's a ten, but might need to. Uh, <laughs> she's just, a just ten, turn your head but a bit. she's into Seth. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. We're relating it to the uh, the TikTok generation. <laughs> Did you have anything else for the strikeout in this? I mean, this is like we said. I mean, this one's kind of it's got some stuff that doesn't age well, but it's like it's hard to put your finger on anything where you're just like, ah, this doesn't work at all. So I have, I have one controversial one. I didn't. Uh, well, this is very nitpicky. I didn't like the drawing dicks flashback as much. I don't know. Really? Is, so, it, is this on rewatch or when it came out? So I think when it came out, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. That's, that's, that's wild. Also, on this one, I was like, I knew it was coming, right? Like, this is the reason that Seth doesn't like Becca. I was like, really? It seems kind of loaded and, and just, like, too specific. So it, it, for me, it didn't really add anything. Like, it was funny. But it was, it was almost too random. So, I mean, again, the, the thought of, uh, who was it, Evan Goldberg's brother drawing all of these dicks uh, is hilarious. Um, but also, what added my my now brewing dislike for the scene was Evan's reaction, right? It was it was just too calm for me, right? Like, it should have been a much bigger reaction. <laughs> like, like, imagine this, right? You're, fr- you're friends with someone for... 10 of your most formative years. You're about to go off. You might never talk to each other again. And he tells you at lunch, two weeks before school ends, (laughs) that he used to have some psychological thing where he had to draw dicks, right? (laughs) And then, like, your world would be shaken. Like, you'd have more questions than... Like, you'd have... Basically... There was no discussion. It was like, oh, that's why you don't like Becca? No follow-up, nothing. Like, did you, do you still draw these? Like, it, it, it irked me to a point where I was like, we couldn't add one follow-up to this? So that, that it, it might be controversial because, again, it, 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 they bookend it with, they show it in the credits and everything else, and it, it's hysterical. I'm, I'm, and I'm, maybe I'm being nitpicky. It, it didn't hit. It didn't hit for me on, on this go-around. It's also kind of like a uh, a traumatizing dad thing because now like we're in a position, especially like <laughs> yeah. my my kid is the great that that, uh, that, right. that Seth was in when he started drawing dicks. It's like, 
oh my god like you, you just kind of like let's add it like add another like fear number 1561 to parenting like, like you're you're to have the dick drawing kid kyle if you get that call what i mean you know what i mean are you i might not go <laughs> i might i might be you know they can listen there's there's I, I a, reason, a family member there's a reason that I made sure I had some privacy when I was watching this movie. There are movies where like you let you like if your kids on the vicinity, like whatever, man, like you're, you know, you're eight, you know, not to say yeah, some yeah. of these words, whatever. This is one of those ones that like, so went to go see this movie. Like I said, when I was 16, my best friend was in town. He lived, he lived out of state. Um, he was in town. My dad took us to see super bad. I guess my mom was not around. So he took my then, I guess, 13 year old brother. Oh, and no. yeah. And we're, and I mean, and my dad's like laughing just as hard as we are. And, and midway through the movie, or I think it's when we get back in the car, he just like looks back. And my dad is not this kind of guy, but he looks back at my brother. He's like, You do not tell your mom that I took you to go <laughs> see this. Like, this is, this is one of those ones where there's, there's just so much to unpack. Like, I feel like you have, I mean, while I'm sure at 13, I would have thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Like, especially a lot of the jokes are so clever. Like even now in adulthood, you're like catching things that you didn't catch when you, when you were teen, like the, when Seth gets hit by a car and the guy, you know, and the, the pedo is like Joe Latrulia is like, do you guys know a guy named Jimmy? You look just like his brother. <laughs> like like his you brother. don't catch that until like the seventh rewatch when you're like the same thing with the guys making him sing. And the way he bends down to talk to him, <laughs> like he's just used to talking to people at that, uh, you know, point of vision. It's it's these little creepy things that are just yeah. his character. We're we're on point. Yeah, there's not much else that didn't work. Uh, how how long is Seth's car at the impound lot? You think? Oh, I mean, I think it's well, it's a school towing. I don't think it's that serious. Um, but it's like, when does he bring? Because he doesn't have the money to get it out, so he's got to bring it up to his parents. Yeah, I mean, again, I have questions about Seth's parents. Like, they didn't check in on this kid, not one time. He not he went once. straight from Evan's house to the mall to then hang out with Jules. Lord knows when he came home to tell them that their car has. That's not his car. That's definitely their <laughs> car, right? So. It's uh again questions. I have I have a lot of freaking questions about that. I do have one more scene where I I, I also had questions where I was like, how does this work? So when they get to the party and shit's going down, Evan bails, and then Seth's first attempt at stealing the alcohol or stealing some alcohol, his idea is to put one or two bottles in his pockets, take two bottles in his hands, and like he's. He's he he's in his head. He says, "This is enough for Jules's party." If I show like, up with four four tall boys, four bottles right. of beer, we're good. Think, I've done my they, duty. Right? They might not have even been tall boys. They look like four Smirnoff Ice knockoffs. Like if he doesn't get the blood on his pants and he's forced to go into the basement to then kind of reconfigure his plan, he's walking into that house with four bottles of five percent alcohol. That is what. Jules paid a hundred dollars for it was it was a weird train of thought like he got lucky almost in a way like it was it was bizarre again the things this guy did to try to get to hook up with Jules were unconscionable the most desperate man on the planet because he <laughs> yeah. watches Kevin Corrigan beat the absolute fuck out of the guy who brought him there and his first thought is 
I'm gonna steal that guy's booze. I'm gonna steal yeah. the Declaration of Independence. Like yeah. it's just like Nick Cage full moment. Nick Cage. Yeah. Full Nick Cage. As soon as soon as he like as soon as he sees that, it's just oh man. And again, watching it as an adult, like this was when I realized like I'm a lot older than I was the first time I saw this. Because when he dumps out those tie those those full things of detergent, I'm like, man, that's like fifty bucks. He yeah, just, it was Costco size. That was oh, not big time. I'd be fucking furious. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Also, what do you think that party was for? Do you think it was just for a Friday? I had because questions. I, I had I, I wrote it down. <laughs> the adult party just because it's a Friday. Like that it doesn't Does happen for me. Like we're we're in dad life. It's kind of a different but I don't remember yeah. a ton of that. Like there's a ton of people there. And like you got the guy from the the liquor store who's just like, we're gonna get so fucked up. It's like, really? Like you don't have anything else. Like you're not just there for the company. You're like, I'm just there to get sh- fucking shit housed. Interesting right. stuff. There's also like a couple bongs going around. Like you just yeah. watch kind of the background actors. Obviously, a a room full of people who wanted to do some coke. So like yeah. you're not bringing coke and a bunch of bongs to just a regular Friday night hangout. So like what was no. the occasion? And there was presumably a DJ who's playing some bangers, right? Oh yeah. That, I <laughs> mean full on dance that that was a clear a dance out the furniture. Floor. Let's dance. I'm not doing that for a house party. I'm sorry. No. We'll we'll no. play music in the background, but you can vibe in the corner or like talk over it. We're not creating a dance floor. That's bizarre. Yeah. So and, I, and you got to assume a lot of people that they didn't know too. Like they're inviting a lot of because normally you have a house party at your house, especially as an adult. It's like I we invite. Hey, we invited this couple and this and like these guys and they're coming over. Like presumably Coke group doesn't know anything, <laughs> doesn't know the owner of the house, because when they're talking about the fight, they're like, he's going to kill that guy tonight. They're going to kill that yeah. kid tonight. Like. They're they're talking to him about like it's not like oh man Mark's gonna kill that guy tonight like we know Mark it's just like he's gonna you know they're gonna kill that guy tonight like so it's like Coke guys just random someone invited Coke guys to to their buddy's party like it's a weird weird dynamic going on in that house also invited his brother from Arizona but <laughs> my brother invited his brother from Scottsdale Arizona <laughs> to go to this party at this guy's house and he didn't know. In like the burbs of LA, I don't know, man. It's uh, I literally really one of know. my one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite lines for the movie. Though my brother came all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona, to be here tonight. <laughs> that was the pushing line to get Evan to sing. Oh, it was a uh, that's a so great good. scene. I love that scene. So good. Yeah, it. You know what it reminded me of? It was kind of like it's like the only places where adult parties like that happen are this house, Mark's house. And the Toretto residence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it's like open a parties. Night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of trust uh, in all these universes. Too much. Trust. I would o- say. Open door. Um, let's get into best scene. Okay. Here we uh, go. Was going to run through all the not. Man, picking a best scene is hard. There's something in almost every single one of these scenes that that resonates, that is funny. Um, the. Our introduction to Seth and Evan, the opening porn discussion that you referenced, like it's a really good opener, feels really high school. It's they talk like high school, like it's just it's a really fresh, authentic conversation. 
Yeah, no, I have that listed. Um, the open, So the opening scene, I think, from the very beginning until they go to the liquor store by school to buy the Red Bull and, and the Slurpee um, is is elite. Um, yeah, because yeah, so yeah, you could loop in the convenience store to that. Like the, right. The, like it's, they're setting, it's all like getting to know them, basically. Right, and they're setting the stage for, you know, they introduce Becca and 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 Jules in in that conversation, but they come out throwing heaters, oh, right? So with good. with the dialogue, right? Badgetastic voyage, right <laughs> off the jump, and you're like, what? Oh, so um, that's the, that's what this movie's all about. Yeah, and you're like, golly. So I also I love the dichotomy of Seth not being able to wait to pick up Evan and have this discussion about what porn site he's going to subscribe to, with him in the car on his way to pick him up. Right. And then also you flip over and Evan is studying and reading a textbook while eating <laughs> breakfast. Like it's it's such uh you, you get a little peek into like who they are as people. Like Seth just couldn't wait to have this. He was literally five minutes away from his friend's house. They could have had this conversation in the car, right? And he couldn't wait. It's 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 an incredible dichotomy and just really sets the stage for what we're about to see for the rest of the movie. Establishes how dependent the friendship is. Yes, and, exactly. and why there's the deep insecurity. Um, McLovin getting the ID is oh, iconic. It yeah. is like two minutes of perfection. Let me see it. You pussy out or what? No, no, man, I got it. It's flawless. Check it. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. All right, that's that's good. It's hard to trace, I guess. Wait, you changed your name to McLovin? Uh. McLovin? What kind of a stupid name is that, Fogel? What are you trying to be, an Irish R&B singer? Oh, they let you pick any name you want when you get down there. And you landed on McLovin. Yeah, it was between that and Muhammad. Why the fuck would it be between that or Muhammad? Why don't you just pick a common name like a normal person? Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book for once. Fogel, have you ever actually met anyone named Muhammad? Have you actually ever met anyone named McLovin? No, that's why you picked a dumb fucking name. Fuck you. Give me that. All right. You look like a future pedophile in this picture, number one. Number two, it doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. What? What name? What name? Who are you, Seal? Like, Irish R&B singer. The the best part for me now is Sarah trying to steady the situation. It's a fine ID. It's going to work. Like, (laughs) that whole thing, like, at the end, after they've just had an, an absolute freak out, is perfection. Uh, yeah, the the Muhammad line, it's the most commonly used name <laughs> on earth. Read a fucking book. Uh, is elite. If, I don't know if you've seen, have you seen the table reads? Uh, of I this think movie? I, I have. It's been a while, but I have. So they do the table read. Watch, rewatch the table reads scene of them, of, of McLovin showing the ID. It's just as funny, if not funnier, because they read it a little differently and they have the scripts in front of them. It's it's so good. And again, you know, I talked about this earlier. Like, it's such an iconic scene because of what it spawned, right? Like, it, McLovin became part of the culture. T-shirts freaking everywhere. Everyone knows what you're talking about when you say McLovin. It's, uh, and again, it, it shouldn't have resonated as much as it did, but it does. And uh, like, it just speaks to how impactful this scene was. It was, yeah. it was freaking amazing. Yeah. Uh, the liquor store robbery, which I kind of looped into. It's it's Fogel going through and being the most awkward miner ever trying to buy this booze. <laughs> yes. It's spliced with Evan and Seth having the conversation about the fucking bottle of lube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we get intro of, of Hater and Rogan as the, the world's worst cops. 
love this scene uh, when he goes for the first beer from the six pack spills it everywhere <laughs> and he lies to the guy like sir did you do this no you should clean it up someone could get hurt <laughs> what a jackass what a jackass to make this poor dude clean up your mess uh and so when i rewatched it i rewatched the i guess it was the extended version whatever was on amazon yeah they have the unrated version on amazon yeah so the lube, you're talking about the lube scene there's an extended conversation where he again seth is just ripping evan for bringing the lube you know and he's he did he takes the lube and he throws it halfway across the parking lot. And Evan turns to me and goes, well, now you owe me six bucks because I'm not going to walk <laughs> over there and get it. Uh, I think that should have been left in. That I popped for that. That was so goddamn funny. So uh, funny. They're, yeah. they're not dried up old ladies. <laughs> good to <laughs> they're go. good to go. <laughs> Again, like it's crass. It's gross. But like high schoolers guys of a certain age are going to say stuff like that. And like, and also it goes into the authentic factor of, and definitely not act on any of this because every guy from age, like 15 to probably 40 is awful at sex. Like, like we're, yeah. we're, we're just yeah. bad at it. Uh, it's so, so good. Um, the Coke singing scene, oh. just, just they're, <laughs> like, the the guy this is another line that have said all the time waking up every day praying for a fight you guys stay in this room man they're gonna kill that guy tonight that chick's boyfriend is pissed yeah and he's a beast so i've been praying for a fight now literally waking up every morning and praying to see a fucking fight hey. <laughs> who's that guy Hi. Who is that guy? Don't know. Who's this guy? Hey, fellas. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Everyone. Who are you? I'm nobody. No, 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 no. I know you. I know you. He was at that party with me, the one I was telling you about. Well, no. Who is no. it? Remember? He, he's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. He's no. the guy with the beautiful voice I was what telling you about. No, 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 no. Jimmy's brother. Me, oh my God. Sing for us. Sing. Oh, it's not me. No. You fucking lying? I don't mean to, you know, accuse you guys of being ill-informed. My but... brother came all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona, to be here tonight, and you're not gonna sing for him? Fucking bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the whole like, you know, not we're not not gonna not gonna narc on anyone here, but like you know been around a table with you know if anyone's ever been around a table with some guys doing coke and and just and just talking like that scene vibed that that scene that scene popped off like sometimes you meet strangers doing cocaine it happens sarah is in his top form in this scene right from from the jump where he's like he's on the phone with becca he's just trying to you know hey i'll be there soon sorry my phone crapped out all these dudes walk in and him him whispering into the phone i have to go like he's starting to fear for his life immediately <laughs> hangs up tries to leave can't leave because someone's in the doorway and then they they go about doing their coke business and then when he's when they force him to sing his hand gestures first of all song choice is elite <laughs> i sing along at this point whenever <laughs> oh, I see oh for sure these eyes yeah His hand gestures 
during this song are beyond beyond incredible i mean when he points to his eyes <laughs> during i think it's like the second time he says these eyes oh my god lost it i could not stop laughing like he plays it so perfectly it's it's such a michael sarah scene but the way that they wrote this was just phenomenal like everyone the was guys into like it harmonizing around him like martin, <laughs> yeah. martin star with the pop yeah the, <laughs> the, the lead guy kevin bresnahan who's the who's the lead guy the guy whose brother came from scottsdale him him crying is yeah, like, so fucking into it. kills me every single time he's so into it man uh, uh shout out to those guys though they saved seth's life right yeah they they allow they're they're key they're key cogs in this story to get them the hell out of there all of them i mean uh, if there's there's one thing about getting hopped up on cocaine you are you're ready to throw down especially if yeah. someone throws a bottle at your at your head always um right after that is probably one of two super deep scenes in the movie is the the post-party argument between evan and seth like mm. essentially it's our breakup. It's our friendship breakup. Yeah. It's, it's a little briefer, but it has, it has almost no comedic notes in it. Really. It's like, it's them both like laying out, like getting on, you know, laying it out there of like Seth or, uh, you know, Evan, I wasted all this time with you. I wasted all this time bullshitting. I'm going to college, a friendless virgin, Seth being just deeply insecure about him going to room with Fogel and, and, and all this stuff. Like it's, it's a deep scene literally right after we've just seen a, a Coke fight. Yeah. I mean, them airing their grievances, it, it felt real. Again, this is part of, partly why I really enjoy like, their friendship, right? Because it's not just, you know, bullshitting. Like most of it is, but they have this real moment, right? Like, you know, one of my favorite comedies is, is, is old school, right? But where, you know, you kind of see uh, Luke Wilson's character, his journey of like, you know, kind of being at the bottom uh, but with his friends, more or less, it's it's just kind of good times. Like, yeah, Will Ferrell gets a divorce. It's a bummer, but it's fine. But there's no, like, this moment felt, like, super real. Again, it's mm-hmm. it's probably, it, it might be a product of, like, kind of when we saw this around that time, right, where you're like, oh, these friendships that, you know, I've been building and fostering for X amount of years are starting to splinter. Like, and again, like, the uncertainty, like, really hits us. So it was a, it was a really authentic scene i felt like and again jonah's just act, it kind of plants the seeds of him being like a legit actor and, mm-hmm. and sarah's also stepping up to the plate and just kind of he's no longer the kind of the goofy michael sarah he's just kind of like the real uh juno <laughs> juno michael sarah right where you're like oh, again the seeds have been planted for these guys to be legitimate legitimate actors yeah it's it's funny it obviously like i think it's four years later that jonah gets an oscar nomination which is like you watch this yeah. movie and at first it's like oh the guy from you know the guy from Superbad is going to be in Moneyball, is going to be in a brad pitt movie and then like he gets an oscar nomination but when you look back on it it's like he can reach for it when he needs it like he's yeah he's a deep actor like he's he's really good it's exactly like you said like it's a great example of both of them having a little more than tank than just dick jokes and it, it's really good. Um, the last scene I have is when Hader and Rogan cockblock McLovin. That like kind of all oh. the way from that into Panama in the uh, in in the abandoned parking lot. Like no notes, per- perfection. No, yeah, I mean <laughs> when uh, when they discover McLovin in the room because they had lost him at this point. Um, <laughs> and ha- <laughs> when Hader says. I thought we were friends and then you go running away from me. Like it's just pure <laughs> anger. And he's trying to get at McLovin. Seth Rogen's holding him back. 
<laughs> McLovin's doing the sh- shaking his head and like not looking. All right, everybody out. Come on, let's go. McLovin! <laughs> what the fuck? Officer Slater, is that you? You ran away from us. Why'd you run away from us? Michael, get up here. Uh, I didn't run away. What the fuck? I didn't run away from you guys. I, Why would you do just, that? Oh, disoriented from the crash. Were you violating just... that girl? No. That young girl? You just violated her with your penis, Michael. McLovin? No, no, no. No. Whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. Were you just getting laid? No. Yeah, I was, but... Like, yes, God, yes, he was. That's not what you think, guys. I'm not even... Sit the fuck down. Okay. Stay that ass down. Whoa, Stay whoa, the fuck no, down. Calm down. Okay. I thought we were friends, and then you go run away from me. Contain yourself. He's so ashamed of himself for running away from his friends. Uh, it's, and then how bad they feel genuinely for cock-blocking him is so funny. Like, every moment from when, uh, when Seth Rogen calms Bill Hader down, he's like, you know... <laughs> We shouldn't be blocking his cock. We should be guiding it. And then they sit down. It's this very heartfelt after school TV special moment where they're, they're having the, and they're apologizing to him. They reveal that they don't know. They knew he was not 25. Oh, it is. I, I remember it being in the theater and like crying laughing because it just again all this crazy shit had happened. Right. And including the part we just talked about where a, a genuine moment moment between friends. This is a very comedic, genuine moment. It's so goddamn funny. Like the, how straight they play it is what makes it so funny. Oh, it's so and, good. And then on the way to the the parking lot, when Rogan just passes him back the statement, like you're gonna say that we stopped you from being mugged and a crackhead stole our car. It's that. Oh, yeah. It's the. It's uh, that and the the one from earlier after they hit Seth with the car when they're like <laughs> they gives him have a cigarette McLovin life is short <laughs> <Yeah>. and then <laughs> here so here's what's gonna happen you're gonna sign a statement saying these guys ran out in front of, in front of our car it's it's good but that yeah the the whole the culmination of the McLovin and then Hater and Rogan relationship is is perfect that is did I miss any of your favorite scenes. So something have, we I've haven't one, talked about. So you hit all of mine, which are great. I have one more to add, which is it's a scene that's pretty early on. It's Evan telling Becca why him, Seth, and Fogel haven't been to any parties. Uh, and it, it's like the fake narrative that he's giving her, but it's with the B-roll of what they actually did. So it's like it's it's the watching porn together, just full volume in the basement, no <laughs> headphones. And then they start shotgunning beers while the porn is still playing but which by the way extremely extremely disturbing like how extremely how 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 (laughs) is this an option for a social activity when you're 17 right like if if i suggested this to any of my friends in high school i would have been friendless immediately and i would have been shit talked about it was like do do you know what ben suggested we do on friday it was something you did in your own private bit. time. You, you exactly. spent two hours downloading two pictures off LimeWire on your own time. Exactly. You don't do that with two other people. No. Like what? And then you, then they crashed one of their. Uh, they crashed Evan's parents' party, right <laughs> after presumably just shotgunning beers for a couple hours. They tried to enter a strip club. Um, that scene was just the again the dichotomy there just. Oh, you know, it was nice to hang out with some adults. Uh, we went to a nightclub. It was really just like what they were actually actually doing was the complete Talk to opposite. a man who claimed to have <laughs> climbed five mountains. Five mountains. Oh my god, the detail of his lies were uh, chef's kiss. They were they were his, so good. 
his delivery is is excellent. So what what is the best scene in this movie? Oh man. I I think I got to go I got to go the uh the McLovin and the cops at the end. It's it it just kind of wraps everything up perfectly with that storyline and it's, it's just so funny. And again like the heartfeltness of which they played it and like that's what made it so funny. For me, that's where I'm 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 taking it away and it, there's just I quote a lot of that stuff too like again like uh I'm sorry I'm sorry we blocked your cock it's just it's it, it's just such a funny it's such a funny apology but it's again it's so heartfelt so genuine so that's that's where I'm at what do you have you could pick almost anything with this and like I wouldn't it's hard argue with I really love the the coke singing like this <laughs> Sarah being stuck in the room with the with yeah. the coke guy singing the song, the guy crying like it, <laughs> it kills me. Um, the liquor store robbery, especially if it coincided with the the Seth and Evan Lube conversation, is like really good. Like really, Ro- Rogan and Hater. The <laughs> apparently someone has an exam. Like that whole yeah. thing, just being the the worst cops is is. T- I'm gonna go with the coke singing. I'm gonna go with my heart. That that scene just makes me so happy. I don't blame you. That's that's an elite scene, and you just I don't like it. It fits in so well. Again, it's it's one of those random scenes, right? But it becomes so important to the actual progression of the story. Uh, but it, it's it's executed so freaking well, and everyone in that scene it's so key, right? Like you know, the main guy, the guy who's crying. There's also that the guy with the uh, the track jacket who puts his arm around Michael Sarah when he's like refusing to sing. He's like, just do it. Don't make it weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh my god, dude! That oh, so, good. so good. It's it's the the touch too of like Apatow to have these guys like like Martin Starr just sitting you know sitting on the couch like the the talent there like Danny McBride is randomly in the background of of the party too when they first get yeah there. Like stuff like yeah, that yeah. like would have loved to have seen him get some action but yeah uh, impossible category best quote. I uh, honestly, oh my god! I chose I chose not to write anything down. Like this is, this is the most quotable movie for men of a certain age. Like the this, like I think Anchorman gets quoted a ton. Like it, there's the joke about dudes using like their whole personalities built around quoting Anchorman or you know Forty Year Old Virgin or Knocked Up or the, those movies like that. Right. But like this one, like you could go with you know people don't forget. Yeah, you, know, you go with sitting alone like a fucking Steven Glansberg, like stuff like that. Is there a quote? Does one rise above for you? So the, one of the ones that gets me every single time that is, I don't know if it's on anyone else's list, but so it's it's during the conversation that Evan is having with Becca, and he offers to buy her the alcohol or her alcohol for the party, and she offers to pay for it, and he says, "No, absolutely not. The first of many." <laughs> the way he delivers that line. It, it might be more so about the delivery. The first of many. My wife uh, was rewatching it with me, um, and I remember the first time we watched it together, we were both crying at that, like crying, laughing. That one's elite. Um, the uh, Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book. It is great. This one hit me harder this time around, which was. Um, have you ever stared into his eyes? It was like the first time I heard the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> it was when he's describing who Jules, Jules, oh, oh, Jules uh, is former history. boyfriends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, so freaking good. The entire speech he gives to the home ec teacher 
is so good. <laughs> it's really good. Like, I wash and dry him like a single mother. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, he insults her so many times. It's there's two weeks left in school. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Give me a fucking he just, break. He just he just breaks down. It's it's that's really really good. I also have the um the entire Seth Evan conversation on the soccer field um that culminates in Seth saying tonight is the night that fucking is an actual possibility. Uh <laughs> it's 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 just this he takes us on this ride and he ends it with that after he's in, he's also interrupted this class. Uh, this school is wild. People just walk into classes they're not in during off periods. Uh I don't know if if that happened at my not, high school, not something that not something that happened, not something that happened in my school. Like yeah, Seth no. just comes into Evan's home ec class or uh, his uh, shop class. Yeah, Fogel <laughs> just walks into the. At least the teacher notices though that Fogel. Hi. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Seth just he destroyed their soccer game. Yeah, <laughs> he kicked, he kicked <laughs> the ball into the uprights. <laughs> this is. This is something that a high school Jules and her dumb fucking friend. Yeah. <laughs> He's so demeaning towards Jules's friends. It's so it's so funny. Uh, Kills me. It, it's it's um, great, but I mean, we we ran over a lot of the best quotes, like talking about it. it's 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 hard not to. You know yeah, I mean? you can't. Yeah, it's this is one where it's just the, no one stands above them all. Um, okay, difficult category. Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. Who is in this movie too much? Seth and Seth and Evan. So so yeah, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, obviously. I would say McLovin's in it too much. He's. I, right I, the, I would yeah. also say McLovin, Hater, and Rogan are also in it too much. I look at them as like the five leads. Oh well, I mean technically on the description, like when they list out the which which is wild to me when they're you know putting out who's who's starring in the movie it goes Jonah. Michael Sarah, I think third is is Seth or Bill, and then the other one's fourth, and then Emma Stone doesn't even have her own her own name. She's like in a list of three other or yeah four other people, which is wild which, to think about. Yeah, so nominees for the best supporting character, I've got uh, everyone in the room making Evan sing. So like the coat group, like Martin Starr, okay. Kevin Bresnan, like the coat group, uh, Emma Stone, like very apparent in this she just has it like I, yeah. I don't think i don't think this is hindsight talking like i feel like i felt that in the moment like that actress is awesome yes and yeah she had it very quickly it was like this loved her immediately A. yeah yeah crazy stupid love comes and like we both love that movie and then she you know she wins an oscar and like the rest is history um kevin corrigan is mark like <laughs> <laughs> he's just throwing heaters right <laughs> fucking psycho from the if, jump. If, if this was a different podcast and this was like the Dion waiters, like that's the Dion waiters. Like he just came in. Yeah. But I think he just came in and got like three technicals. Like he just, yeah. Like two, two techs just got, just got thrown out. Um, he actually gotten two fights. <laughs> so. guy, yeah. Guy we haven't talked about. Uh, Clement Blake is the homeless guy. And I, I strictly because oh, of good. McMuffin. McMuffin is good. <laughs> uh, McMuffin for is me, great. it's, for me, it's Emma Stone. Emma Stone is lights out. Can we can we throw in Becca? We can throw in Becca. I think she's really good. Uh, she, I, I, Becca's I, excellent. I feel like when this movie l- dropped, there was probably a moment there where like her and Emma Stone, like they kind of, in terms of usage rate, seemed like they had about the same. Uh, obviously, Emma Stone had a little bit more in terms of kind of her importance to the story. 
but Becca, I don't know. She, again, she's like the the reason why. Again, she, her reasoning for why Evan or sorry why Seth hates her is now it's one of the most iconic moments in the movie. That I might have had my issues with it, but like again, the dick drawing without that, he might he might like her. Uh, her her performance during the um, during the, the the scene where her and Evan are trying to hook up, it's it's really funny. Like, great drunk acting. Great drunk acting, especially when you see her kind of in the beginning, uh, you know, when they're in math class and, you know, she's flirting with Evan uh, with the pen. From that, which is, you know, it was very good, to the drunk acting at the end and then kind of her feeling stupid about it at the very, very end. Uh, was, I, I, I'd have her in there. I'd have her in the, I'd, I think I'd lean towards agreeing with you that Emma Stone crushes this and takes it home. I just want to throw Becca some love because I think there was probably some moment there where it was like, well, who's going to make it? Is it going to be Emma Stone or this actress who plays Becca? Who I'm sorry, I'm, I'm missing the name, but that's another scene. It you is watch uh, the table Martha read Martha McIsaac, which is a very yeah. fun name to say. Very, yeah, a little <laughs> alliteration there. But watch the if you haven't seen the table read of that scene where they're hooking up. Oh, it's it's real. Watching everyone's face when she's dirty talking is is incredible. It's an incredible watch. <laughs> I'm going to make that my my plan for the rest of the night. Uh, Another new category, glue guy. We talked about this before. Character or or actor this movie does not work without. Who's who's the glue guy? He's holding this one together. It's got to be Fogel. Got to be Fogel. He's, without him, Seth and Evan can do none of this stuff. Right? Like, they're invited to the party, yeah, but they're going to show up just as guests. Like, they'll be kind of be nobodies and again the his him having the fake id allows them to talk to uh becca and jules and kind of use that as a as a point of interest for them right like oh i have a fake uh do you want me to go buy your alcohol and that sets the rest of the movie going without fogel i don't know and and fogel he brings in the cops right he he is a a king at the party (laughs) Right. It's just like he holds it all together. He holds the storylines all together. So it's it's gotta be Fogel. And like into the performance, if it's if it's someone else, like if if it doesn't it works that he comes off like Fogel is like Fogel is objectively kind of a loser. Like his only friends yeah. are like Evan and Seth doesn't even really like him. He's a fucking dweeb, you know, chicka chicka fake ID, like he's awkward, but he's he's Teflon like he's he's got some he's got like some inner confidence in him that that works and like Mince Plassey plays that really really well of like he's he's a little kind of nervous guy but he's there's something about him where he he endures he gets he gets through this stuff like he gets you know he gets punched and like they're at the bar and he's like are there any ladies who want to see this and he (laughs) really comes into his own at you know, it, it, like in the party, like dancing and stuff like that. And he gives it right back to Seth just as much. Like he doesn't get rattled really by people shit talking him. Like he's got like this, this kind of raw confidence that, that works really well. It's a really like just a really special performance, like, like lightning in a bottle with this guy. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think of the three of them on the rewatch, I realize he's the only one with the job potentially. Right, working in a supermarket, that, dressed like Aladdin. A super, <laughs> with the vest. I should have brought the vest. Another another great quote. Uh, he, 
again, th- this movie doesn't work without him. And I, and I get, you know, shout out to uh, Christopher Mintz Place where it was like, if you're, does someone else fit in there? I don't know. Because he played, he played it where you're like, oh yeah, he's clearly a nerd. Right? He's clearly yeah. kind of these stereotypical nerds that we kind of see in movies or TV. But his journey and throughout the movie is just very different. And like where he ends up, is just very different. Like I, I, I would have loved to see where he was, you know, the next two weeks of school. That's that's just that's just what I want to know is because yeah. he was probably, he probably went out like a king. Oh yeah, does he go to Dartmouth and turn out turn out like an animal? Like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, <laughs> lot of questions there. With going into that, like with roster moves, like if we'd swap anyone out, I don't think there's anyone I'd swap out. I think this movie is kind of like as is. I love it. I would have liked knowing that Danny McBride, McBride is in the background of the party scene. You could have easily put him in the Coke room. Yeah. He could have been the guy saying, you know, don't make this awkward. Just do it. Uh, or, or, you know, involved in the fight. I don't know. He, he looks like he could. Well, he <laughs> he's proven that he, he looks like he could fight. So, yeah, Danny McBride would have been, I think, just the cherry on top. Because, again, to your point, I think this – this is as close to a perfectly cast movie as you could probably get. And again, a shout out to to Allison Jones uh, for for just knocking it out of the park with this one. She's she's clearly elite. But yeah, there's no there's no one I would swap out. Like it, yeah. it just doesn't work. I think without can't can't imagine else. it. Yeah, can't yeah. imagine it with with someone else. Like I wouldn't even want to. Um, the big chill. Like this isn't a sports movie, so hard to find a hard to find an actual big chill moment. But I. I get a mo like especially now, especially fifteen years removed from high school, like they're you know, they still have some close friends from high school, but like the um the sleeping bag drunk heart to heart. And just yes. the concept of the drunk heart to heart, especially at like the the young age, but especially like that is is really sweet. Like really, really precious, like a really honest, authentic moment. I've really enjoy that moment the bro love i mean you could sense it throughout the movie because everyone's like oh wow you guys you you're both going to different schools like how's that gonna work right where you're like oh there's these these guys must be really really tight if everyone notices it everyone has the same reaction they refuse to kind of go there with their friendship and that's what it takes right this whole it ridiculously insane night uh for them to just kind of be talking and just say when you went on your easter trip I missed you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the when he boops his uh when Seth boops Evans' nose, it's it's just these moments where you're like these guys bro love is is just so real. It starts to kind of re- remove that like toxic masculinity that can kind of mm-hmm. emerge in like some of these friendships that we have with like our guy friends, but like again, it's okay to miss your friend. I th- I think this movie like helped kind of push that forward where it was just like, yeah, when you're gone, I don't know who I hang out with. Like, I, I don't want to be a Glenn or Steve Lansbury or like eat lunch alone. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's, it's a great moment. I love that. I love that scene. Yeah. Last category before more restore prequel, sequel or remake. So we're 15 years removed. Um, everyone in this movie, all the main characters are still fairly famous. So like we, we get to these care, we get to these, this category sometimes and it's like especially like 20 or 30 years after a movie but it's like maybe the star that one of the leads is like is around but it's like who would be you know someone someone's not working it's like yeah someone's not working anymore something like that like everyone's still going for the most part like you know so like jonah hill is obviously kind of at a different echelon than 
Michael Sarah and especially like Christopher Mintz Plass, but like Hader and Rogan, like Hader's an Emmy winner. Rogan can literally do anything he wants. I, I would love to see what these guys are up to in their thirties. Like I, I don't, you, you would have to make it some sort of, I wouldn't want to see, I'm not sure I would want to see like the same cons, like the one night craziness. I think, I think if you centered it around a night would be good, but like, I'm very curious if they could pull something like this off. Of the three between prequel, sequel or remake, it would definitely be a sequel for me. Especially cause they kind of not totally, re- but like book smart is the female super bad. Right. Starring and- sister of Jonah Hill. Like right. very on the nose. <laughs> exactly. And and so my thought on this was, and it might be too late. It's it's too late for this version, but I would have loved to, to have seen, and let's say, you know, this hypothetical super bad two, like them back in town and very like a summer break back or like Christmas break back where you're all back in your hometown talking about college, like did, and you can kind of fill in, fill in, the the plot points that we missed when the when the movie ended right like did Evan and and Becca end up being together maybe they're still together maybe they dated long distance and it didn't work did Seth and Jules end up being a thing right God I uh, hope not <laughs> I know like I, may, I don't know maybe uh maybe Seth Seth comes back as like Slim Jonah Hill and like he's oh just, yeah you know and he's just got a different vibe about him uh, so. <laughs> that's the version I think I would have wanted to see basically like an American pie two, right. Where they're like, they're yeah, a little the, removed the summer, from high school. Yeah. The summer house. Yeah. 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 The summer house versus like, I enjoyed American reunion or whatever that one was called. It was just a little, and maybe it, I, maybe I should re, we should rewatch it now. Kind of like as, as we've reached dad status, <laughs> cause it might hit <laughs> different, but I remember watching it and being like, I don't know if I enjoy this as much as like the, like when you're closer to the original story, right? Yeah, that's the kind of where I'm at. So yeah, sequel, it's, but very specific. It, it's fun getting to revisit characters that you feel really strongly about. Like it's, it's like seeing old friends. Um, I, I don't know how they would land land a sequel because the the thing like the thing that makes this work that we have harped on for the last you know hour and a half is the authenticity and it being written by guys yeah. going through high school and and feeling that way. Um, so being able to display that same kind of authenticity of, you know, if Seth and Evan are in their thirties and working and, and relationships or what have you, like maybe Seth has turned, you know, like has turned into what Jonah Hill has turned into, which is just like the coolest guy on the planet, like fashion forward and cool tattoos and things like that. Like Seth, Seth's rocking those vibes, which would be, uh, quite, quite the, quite the personality turnaround. I don't know, but I don't know. I love I love being able to go back to this 15 years later and it's still hitting about the same as it did when I was in high school. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, here here's a pitch for it. I'm just going to pitch this this version of the sequel that you you just gave me this idea. Where what if it's Seth and they're coming back now, but he's like a millionaire or a billionaire because he bought the dot com of vo- Vegetastic Voyage and made it. <laughs> and he's like running this empire. It could be a porn empire. It could be maybe he converted it to, I don't know, some medical empire, right? But he just kept the uh, the dot com, the GoDaddy. And uh, I would like to see that version because it, that would keep kind of like, it'd be a little, it'd be a little meta, right? Where it'd be like, oh, it's, it's actually just Jonah Hill. Uh, but as Seth, I don't know. 
that it hit me when you were like, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's this cool guy now where it might not be, I don't know. I think we vibe with this version of Seth because he's kind of like this lovable loser, but maybe go the, go the opposite way where he's just like the super successful dude and kind of sprinkle in, um, a little bit of knocked up where, where they're trying to make, uh, <laughs> where they're uh, trying to make, uh, the Mr. Skins, Mr. uh, knockoff, uh, uh fle- flesh of the stars. <laughs> Like where uh, Seth does that version successfully. That's where. Oh that's, my god. Let's let's run that one. Yeah, I mean, I w- wouldn't say no to seeing these guys again, but this movie still hits. Ben, it is always a pleasure. I'm glad we get to chop it up on this one. Tell the folks again where they can follow you. Check out what you're doing. Nah, man. Thanks for having me on. This was an easy. I, I'm still going to frame your text. By the way, I just want everyone to know. He he said, "Do you like super bad?" I I haven't responded this quickly to a text, uh, maybe in my life. Uh, but no, thanks except for, having for me the, on. except for the one when I texted you about. Do you want to talk about dickheads? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to. Uh, I had to. I, I blinked twice on that one. Uh, no, uh, you know, follow me at Cruise Control. It's Control with a K. Follow everything we're doing over at the Ringer Ringer NBA Show, Ringer Wrestling Show, uh, everything else that we're doing over at at the Ringer dot com and in the Ringer Podcast Network. But this was this was way too much fun, Kyle. Thanks, thank you so much for having me on. Always a pleasure, man. If you enjoyed this episode of Big String Sports, please remember subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're on Apple or Spotify. You can support the show at Patreon.com/slash Big Screen Sports. We'll be back next Monday. Tune into the Patreon if you want to know what we're covering. We got a couple of heaters on deck for the rest of the month. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.